What makes America exceptional? Find out today on A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Hello, I'm Dylan Burroughs, joined again with my co-host Joe Kerr, and today you are in for a treat as we are joined by Tim Barton, president of Wall Builders. Joe, as we begin today, I think people realize America has been blessed with a special role in history, but it's a legacy many have forgotten, isn't it? It certainly is, and we're glad that we can bring in Tim Barton from Wall Builders because they specialize in that field and address that topic probably better than anyone out there. I think they have over 100,000 original documents on American history proving that we are, in fact, who they say we are. We're excited to have Tim with us today. Yeah, and we're going to get more into that. And we really want to affirm the many ways God has blessed our nation. And here to do so is Tim Barton. Let me introduce him to you just briefly. He serves as president of a national pro-family organization that represents America's forgotten history and heroes and his work with wall builders. So Tim, today, welcome to A View from the Wall. Guys, thanks so much for having me on. Well, it's great to have you with us. And as we begin, I want to jump right into the heart of the matter. When we have a country now where we talk about making America great again, a lot of people have very strong feelings about this. But as we start, share a little bit about what we mean when we say America is an exceptional nation. Yeah, it, it really, I'm, I'm glad you bring this up because it does seem to be controversial for some people to say that America was great. Right. But... Generally, one of the things that we encourage people to do is if if you have a hard time thinking about America as great, it's probably because you've never traveled much of the rest of the world, and that means you probably should get with a church, go on a mission trip to a third world nation, and recognize that they don't they don't live their normal is not our normal. They don't live the way we do in America. We've been blessed with more prosperity, with more freedoms, with more stability than any nation in the history of the world. If, for example, the idea of stability. If you look at most nations, the the average length of a constitution in world history is only 17 years old. We've had a constitution since all the way back in the late 1700s, 232 years. We've had one constitution, one form of government that provides stability that most nations have not enjoyed. In fact, most nations every 30 or 40 years, go through a revolution in their nation, on top of the fact that every 17 years, on average, there's a new constitution. And as Americans, we, we don't have those same worries about what, who's going to get in charge and use their machine guns, and they're going to kill people and do bad things. Not, not in America. In America, you might disagree with who's politically in, in charge and the direction they're leading, but we enjoy stability. The same thing when it comes to freedom— America enjoys freedom at a level that, that no other nation has, has fully enjoyed to the capacity that we have, where we protect religious liberty, we protect the rights of conscience in America, where we give people opportunity to pursue maybe the giftings, the talents, the abilities that God's given them, and they can accomplish amazing things in America. In America, the only limitation to somebody being a doctor or somebody being a lawyer or somebody being a teacher is is based on their academic achievement and their understanding, right? However, all of those things, you can work really hard. You can improve your understanding. You can improve your ability. 
we don't have a different class of people that is a ruling class and then a lower class that is the, the subservient serving class. Some nations still have that. Some nations in the world, slavery is still legal over in China, over in India, in Indonesia. There are more than 40 million people in slavery today. And we look at America and we think, well, America has all these issues and we're not good. And so the idea of saying, let's make America great again, rubs a lot of people the wrong way because our perspective of American history is only seeing bad things in American history. And this is where it's worth pointing out that we, we come so often studying history, studying America, studying individuals from a very flawed perspective. The reality was, the, the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Our starting place with history ought to be nobody's perfect, everybody's jacked up, and everybody needs a Savior. Now, with that being said, knowing nobody is perfect, who has promoted biblical principles more than, than somebody else? Who has stood for, for moral issues? Who, who has done good things? America has certainly had problems in our in our history because we've had people, right? Every every nation will always have problems because every nation always has people. This is even true when you read the Old Testament. The Israelites were God's people, and yet they certainly were not a perfect people. No nation will ever be perfect, but America, every time there were major atrocities in our nation, there were Christian leaders who stood up and said, hey, we need to stop this. We need to put an end. To slavery. We need to help promote civil rights. We were doing things before arguably almost any other nation did them. America was the first nation to abolish the slave trade. We were the second nation behind England to end slavery. We've always been one of the leaders of when there have been problems, when there have been evils. We said, hey, we don't want to keep doing that in this nation. And it's not just because our nation was unique. It's because there were Christians in this nation who were following biblical principles saying we shouldn't do that. That's not right. But that's part of the heritage and legacy of this nation that we have consistently been a leader in so many areas. We've enjoyed more blessings, more prosperity, more stability than arguably any other nation in the history of the world. And so when the president says something like, let's make America great again, those are really great ideas. But you first have to recognize that, that America has been a special nation. And, and compared to other nations, we are different. For example, even looking at, at something like finances, the, the average American will have an automobile, will have a cell phone, will have a television. They will have more square footage of living space. They'll eat more red meat than the middle class living in anywhere else in the world, so Western Europe. So if you're in poverty in America, so I said the average American, really, it's it's everybody in America. So if you, according to the last U.S. government census, if you live in poverty in America, you are still more likely to have a telephone, to have a car, to have a TV, to have more square footage of living space, to have or to be able to eat more red meat than the middle class anywhere else in the world. So if you're better off in poverty in America, then you are middle class at any other nation in the world, all of a sudden it does make more sense why there's an immigration problem. Because if you were living middle class somewhere in Central America, and middle class in Central America meant you were making fifteen to $20,000 a year, and you can come live in poverty in America and make twenty five dollars or $30,000 a year, all of a sudden 
that's an incentive that you want to come to this place where they're experiencing more financial prosperity than anywhere else in the world. And it's not because we think America is better. We've just followed principles that God has blessed more in those principles. So it's not just the people, but God blesses certain principles. And if you do things God's way, it just tends to work better. America has not always been godly, but we have followed godly principles more than most any other nation. Well, that's well said. And you've been listening to Tim Barton. And when we come back, we're going to share a little bit of his new DVD series titled Exceptional. So stick with us here on A View from the Wall. We'll be right back with more after this break. From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. Did you know the timing of the rapture is linked to what happens in Israel? Jesus said, learn a lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its branches sprout leaves, you know that summer is near. So when you see certain signs, you can know that he is near. The rapture is near. Throughout the Bible, Israel is symbolized by a fig tree. So Jesus is saying, when Israel becomes a nation, when the Jews return to the land, when the Hebrew language is spoken again, when enemies speak of coalitions and conspire to attack, then the return of the Lord is near. Friend, the return of the Lord is near. Are you ready? Visit imawatchman.com to learn more about what the Bible says is going to happen soon. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. I am a watchman.com. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs along with Joe Kern. We've been talking with Tim Barton, president of Wall Builders. And as we begin this segment and we continue our discussion on American exceptionalism and why that's important both for our nation as well as spiritually as Christians, we want to take a moment and introduce you to a clip from the new DVD series titled Exceptional. Take just a moment and listen and we'll talk about it after it ends. America has had one constitution since 1789, only 4% of the world's population. And yet every year, America produces more inventions, medical cures, technological discoveries than the other 96% of the world combined. We're blessed in ways that we don't even imagine. America truly has been blessed. And we've been blessed in ways that most people don't even think about. And it turns out that often some of the greatest blessings are the things you don't even notice. As a matter of fact, if you go back to 1831, Alexis de Tocqueville, a French official, came to America to see what made us so different because already we were different from other nations. And he traveled here for several months and then he wrote this work. We call this Democracy in America. And in this work, Alexis de Tocqueville said, the condition of the Americans is exceptional. I don't think any other nation will be able to attain to what they've done. That's where we get the term American exceptionalism. America is different from other nations. Statistically, we're the exception. We're not the rule. But what made us exceptional? It's not just happy accident. There are things that have caused America to be different from other nations. What are the things that caused American exceptionalism? We love the idea of America being exceptional, but 
That idea is really under attack right now, Tim. So it was not an accident that we got there. That was part of the clip. So it's not likely that it's an accident that we see the world view being dismantled a little at a time. Do you think there's a deliberate attack on Christian values? Yeah, I, I, that, that, that could be a rhetorical question you just asked, because certainly I do think there's an attack on, on Christian values. You know, one of the things, uh, even with this notion of us being exceptional, People sometimes think that if you're saying you're exceptional, that means that you think you are more special or you are better than somebody. And this isn't a term of pride. This is a recognition that that people are different, right? So if if you look at professional athletes, Tom Brady is a pretty exceptional quarterback. That's not a term of pride. That's recognizing most quarterbacks can't do what Tom Brady has done. If you talk about LeBron James or Steph Curry or Kevin Durant, I mean, you can pick one of these incredible athletes. They're the exception to the rule because the rule is most people can't do what they can do. This is what America has been. We've been the exception to the rule, and and a lot of what made us exceptional were biblical principles. If you go back to the Declaration, the the ideas of America being exceptional were outlined in the Declaration where the Founding Fathers said, we believe that there's a creator, and and the creator gave inalienable rights to individuals, and, and government's primary role is to protect the rights from the divine creator. So the idea that government is not the head, that there is something beyond government, which is God, and God is the one who gave us our right, and the Founding Fathers recognized that the king is trying to limit and take away the rights God has given us, and that's not the role of government. The role of government is not to give us rights, it's to protect the rights God gave us. But in culture today, when, when we're saying, well, there is no God, and government should be right the, the solution to every problem, all of a sudden, our God-given rights are disappearing because there is no God, and government is now the one controlling everything. Well, that's a good way to put it. And I don't want to leave people on this negative notion, though. As we continue our discussion, I want to talk about what God can still do in a positive way. We look, for example, at Bible prophecy that tells us there will be an Antichrist who controls worldwide commerce, the military, religion. There will be a mark that people have to take in allegiance. But that doesn't happen overnight. And so there's still room for God to do something big. And I want to ask you about that because we hear a lot of the negative in our society about America is going downhill and they don't see that there's a chance that God can continue to work. Tell us from your perspective, do you see that there's still room for God to work in revival and spiritual awakening here today? Well, I think as a Christian, we always have to be the eternal optimist. Because, right, as we read Scripture, what's impossible for man is still possible with God. Right. And if, if you go back to when the Israelites were, were told, hey, go take, you know, the promised land. God is giving this land, and they say, well, let's, we should probably spy it out and figure out what's there before we go. And so there were 12 tribes, and so a leader was chosen from every one of the tribes, and they were sent to go spy out the land. And when they came back, they said, okay, the land is amazing, but the majority of these leaders Said, but the giants in the land are so big, and we were grasshoppers in our own sight. It was only Joshua and Caleb. He said, guys, what's the problem? Right? Like, God's on our side. Let's go do this. What happens, I think, so often even in, in the modern era is we get so discouraged by the giants we see in the land, right? When we talk about giants, really the problems, right? The, the, the issues we're seeing in America, and we're going, this is so big. How can we ever overcome this? Well, because God. That, that's the only answer we need. If yes. if this is something that God has given, then 
with with God, all things are possible, right? This is not a problem that we have to solve on our own. And one of the things we know from Scripture is that God always preserves a remnant. In America, we are becoming an increasingly secular nation, but that doesn't mean we have to remain a secular nation. When when Jesus walked the earth, the earth didn't believe in Jesus, but he had his 12 disciples, and he trained them. And over the course of the next decades and hundreds of years, Christianity exploded all over the world. God doesn't have to start with a majority, but God chooses to use people, and as he uses them, they can create and cultivate something that makes a major difference in a nation. And so as long as, as you and I, and right, the listeners who are wanting to follow and pursue God, as long as we're willing vessels, God can continue to use us, and we can be the catalyst to make a difference and ultimately change the direction of the nation. Well, that's a great way to put it. And Joe, I think as we wrap up the second segment, it's significant to point out that even if we are in a society that's becoming more like Daniel experienced with the Babylonians, that God can still work if we were that one Daniel who stands up and does what is right. And that along the way, God can do some special things that would even surprise us. That is so true. And I'm so glad that you pointed it out that way, Tim. America is an exceptional country, and it is that kind of remnant that makes a difference. And we'd love to see that happen again and revival is never out of the question. And certainly we want to encourage our watchmen. Sometimes it does get tough. Sometimes you are discouraged. And when we look at what's happening in our world, we can take this negative uh, perspective where we think that you know the end is coming and there's nothing we can do about it. Well, God is still at work in our nation. God is still at work in your life and our lives. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this idea of America being exceptional, what that means for us today. So stick with us here on A View From The Wall. The I Am A Watchman ministry is supported by people just like you so that we can continue in our call to encourage, disciple, educate, and bring people from all tribes and tongues into a right relationship with Jesus. The I Am A Watchman ministry desires to reach the lost, encourage and equip believers, and prepare for the return of the Lord. There's a great need to share truth and disciple believers. Most in the Western world are not strong in their faith. Billions in Africa and India and in Arab and Asian regions are lost or persecuted for their faith. We want to reach them and equip them. Our vision is to facilitate the multiplication of godly leaders, watchmen around the world. Free I Am A Watchman resources have been accessed by individuals in more than 160 countries, but there's so much more to do. Please consider becoming a prayer and financial partner in this good work. Visit IamAWatchman.com to find out how. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. We're here together today with Tim Barton talking about American exceptionalism. And for those who are unaware, if you go to wallbuilders.com, they have this exceptional series as a 12 DVD series or as an MP4 digital download. And we'll talk more about that in a moment. But as we continue our discussion, I think it's significant that people understand that even in the early days of our nation's formation, that there was a small number of people that were involved in bringing forth the nation that we have today. Tell us a little bit about the story. Yeah, there is some really interesting history surrounding, um, when you look at the American Revolution, there were only 25% of the colonists that actually supported a revolution. 
25% supported the British for loyalists, and then 50% were really just not wanting to deal with the issue, right? That we don't want drama, just all figure it out, and we're just going to keep living our lives. It, it's not that dissimilar from what we see in America today, where you have a really strong opinions on either side, but you have a lot of people in the middle who are like, y'all just figure it out. We don't really care. And the idea that when when we actually fought the British and the American Revolution, even though 25% favored the revolution, it was only around 8 or 9% who actively participated in the revolution as, in the sense of like getting muskets and going on the battlefield or having supplies. Only 8 or 9% participated in fighting the British, who were the, the number one military power in the world at that time. And that 8 or 9% were able to win freedom for this nation. And the reason that's significant is because as Christians, we can feel discouraged and go, oh my gosh, we're never going to get a majority of the nation back. Well, historically, it's actually much more like 10% that start revolutions, that, that bring great awakenings, that bring revival. It's a much smaller percentage that has a much greater impact than most people recognize. Tim, we're not specifically a political platform, but it is part of an end time scenario. So in the first segment, you talked about how we got to where we are as a country. Let's talk about how we get back to where we need to be. What does that road look like? I think fundamentally, as a, as a Christian, right, as a believer, I, I have a different thought maybe than, than just a big political scheme. Because as a Christian, I look you know, even one of the things we talked about where President Trump's slogan is, is make America great again, I would argue you can't make her great again if you don't know what made her great in the first place. And one of the things the Bible talks about is that righteousness is what exalts a nation. And even though, uh, right, our history is filled with very imperfect people, um, some of them were really bad people, but there were a lot of, of God-aware, God-focused Christians who were pursuing righteousness and biblical principles. And the way we resolve problems and conflict and issues that we're dealing with in America has to be from Christians who recognize what the answer is. And the answer is always going to be found in the Bible. God always gives us guidance and wisdom for how to deal with things on every single level. That includes in our economy. It, it includes in our foreign trade. It includes in immigration. It includes with how we help take care of the poor and needy in our country. God gives us guidance in His Word on every one of these issues. The problem is we are oftentimes looking for secular solutions when the reality is that God gave us the best solutions when God said, hey, do it this way. What we have to remember is that God's ways always work, and God's ways only work every single time. So if we know God's ways work, then what we want to promote are, are the biblical solutions. And, and we can be strategic. You know, I don't have to say that, hey, we should do what the Bible says here. I could say, you know, I think probably a good principle for, for how we deal with some of this expanding welfare culture is if somebody is physically capable of working and having a job, but they're choosing not to, maybe we should say, hey, you need to get a job, because it, it probably is a good idea to say that if people don't want to work, then probably we shouldn't feed them for right there in activity. Now, that's 2 Thessalonians 3.10, that if a man wouldn't work, he shouldn't eat. We can promote biblical principles without having necessarily saved the Bible, because if we're talking to a secular culture, world, and generation, they're not going to be convinced, well, hey, if the Bible says this, we probably should do it this way. As a Christian, I'm totally convinced of that, but knowing how to speak to a secular world, sometimes we have to phrase it the right way, but the way we solve these problems are recognizing that God has given us a solution in, in His Word, 
That means as Christians, we have to start spending more time in God's Word, start spending more time finding those answers, the practical application for how do we deal with people? How do we, how do, we do things on our job site? How do we do things as the employer, as the employee, as the husband, as the wife, right? as the parent, as the child? God gives us wisdom for every issue in our life, but if we don't know the Word, we don't know those solutions. So the best thing for our country is for Christians to start digging in deeper to the Word of God so that we would find what God's Word says and know how to apply it to the culture around us. And that's such a good word. And you refer to Proverbs 14.34 when we were talking that says that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And we see some of that now in our society where the sinful consequences of our actions are coming back to really hurt us in our culture today. But we don't want to focus on only the problems, but also the solutions. And we have an audience of watchmen and watchwomen out there who have a special burden to share the message of Christ, to witness to their friends and family, to finish well. And we'd like to close the broadcast in our last couple of minutes here by giving some encouragement to those who are listening to do some things in, with their lives to help keep or to help make our country exceptional. What would you encourage people with today as we wrap up our time together? I think one of the thoughts that stands out to me is that when when Jesus was talking with the disciples and he was teaching them parables, one of the, the phrases you hear as well done, good and faithful servant. And I think it's interesting that God rewards our faithfulness, not always our successes. Because sometimes we get discouraged because we're not achieving or seeing the victories in areas we always want to see them. But the reality is God hasn't always called us to win every battle, but he's called us to be faithful in everything we do. And so if we will be the faithful bearers of God's word of truth, if we will be faithful presenting truth and, and helping right those around us and, and, and even in being faithful, it, we are the most responsible for our sphere of influence. And so sometimes we get discouraged going, man, I can't change the culture of America. Well, you're thinking of it the wrong way. If you change the culture where you live, if everybody just took care of their area, it, it's similar to what Nehemiah told, told the Israelites when they were rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, which actually is where the name of our organization, Wall Builders, comes from, was the call to go rebuild the walls, re, which is... For us, we want to rebuild the culture, the, the spiritual, the moral, the religious heritage of our nation. But one of the things Nehemiah said is, everybody just do your part, do what you can. And what everybody thought was an impossible task was completed in a record 52 days they rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. If every church just took over their community, every community all of a sudden is taken care of and the nation is turned around almost overnight. So we're called to be responsible for our sphere of influence and just be faithful in what God has called us to do. Well, I couldn't think of a better way to wrap up our time together than do what God has called you to do in your place. Start with the next person you meet and see what he does in your life and in your community and in your family. Well, Tim, we appreciate you being here with us again. If you're interested in more information from his ministry where he's present at wallbuilders.com, please check that out. Wallbuilders.com has plenty of great resources, including this DVD series, Exceptional, that you'll hear more about as you go to their website. And we want to thank you, Tim, for being with us here today. It was a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Definitely. Well, again, if you want to hear this again or download it and share it with others, go to IamAWatchman.com where you can get all of our resources. And we look forward to joining you next time here on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am A Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. 
The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.